So I'm very excited about our show for this week. And before we get into the meat and potatoes of how you can succeed in pageantry, we have Jessie Ledoux, a former Miss International and Pageant Planet's Queen of Coaching with our product of the, I guess our product special of the week. So Jessie, tell us about the new product special that you've put together. Hey, Stephen. So we have put together an amazing offer. One of our VIP membership perks is the ability to do unlimited mock interviews with a certified pageant coach. And they are so valuable. And especially once you hear this call today, you'll understand why. And they're so valuable. And they are included with our Pageant Planet VIP membership, like I said, at $47 a month. However, if you are so close to your pageant, and you just need that extra confidence boost. Or if you simply want to try out what VIP VIP is like. We have an unbelievable special. It is a mock interview session. It's 20 minutes for only $10. So that way you can send us over your paperwork and we'll do a mock interview based on your pageant systems interview style, your platform, your resume to make sure that you feel as confident as possible going to that interview room. Gosh, I mean, I don't really feel, feel like anything needs to be said after that, but I just want to clarify, is this like video kind of like through a Skype or a video portal or is it just over the telephone? How does that work? Yeah, it it is. It's video portal, which is great because that way the coach can see your mannerisms, your nonverbals, and can give you feedback on that. So often people don't realize your nonverbals, if they're changed, it can be an increase of one or two points by saying nothing different, just your mannerisms. So the it's video and audio conferencing. And like, do the girls need to have like full hair and makeup and interview attire before they do it? Or can they just kind of roll up in their pajama pants in the sock bun? So it's definitely helpful if you are in your full pageant interview attire and styling, because that way we can critique that as well. However, um, we have so many girls that come to us from the gym, and it's all about like bringing your natural glow so we can, again, take out those mannerisms, that content, and make sure your plan is perfectly in place. Awesome. Okay. Can you tell them how to find the offer one last time and like how long this offer is going to be available? Yes. So this offer will be available for one week um, after this podcast airs and you can find it at thepageantplanet.com backslash podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Stephen. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Hey everyone, this is Stephen Roddy, founder of thepageantplanet.com, and today I am doubly blessed. I am um, speaking with both Jesse Ledoux, who is a Miss International 2013, and Amanda Marino, who is Miss International 2016. So um, just a bit of context on both of it. I know that if you've been listening to this for some time, you know who Jesse Ledoux is. She's our queen of coaching. And Amanda, if you have not heard of her or had the privilege of meeting her before. She's just someone that is ready and eager to serve. And I've been able to see the evolution of her career throughout the years from her start at National American Miss to now Miss International. And she has always just had that heart of, hey, how can I help you? How can I help Pageant Planet? And that has just made her one of my favorite people in pageantry because it's such a rare find in life to see and to meet and experience people that are just like, hey, what can I do to help you? And she is just a true example of like how you should be as a title holder. So with both of that, um, ladies, welcome to the call. Thank you. 
Thanks, Steve. And I'm excited to have a sister queen. And I totally could not agree with your sentiments more. And I'm sure Amanda will share with us more about the international system, but it is so much about that servant's heart. And Amanda, I am so proud as your sister queen to be able to say that we are uh, one in the same as far as family goes. That means so much to me. This program is truly phenomenal for that because there is that sisterhood and every contestant is so willing to get involved and get plugged in. You know, the glamour side of it is so much fun, but if we look at what's a little bit more everlasting, it is that service. And so to be surrounded by women who are empowering one another, it's really inspiring from a lot of different aspects. Okay. So today what we're going to discuss is we're going to discuss like really how to dominate in, in specifically pageant interview. Um, so I'm going to do the first question and I'm going to direct it at you, Amanda, since you've had so much success. Like when it comes to interview, should you shake hands or should you not? That awkward moment when, right? right. Uh, <laughs> I always suggest for contestants not to shake hands unless otherwise directed, especially in a shorter interview. You don't want to waste 15 seconds of that time trying to shake a hand and then awkwardly being denied. Whereas in internationals, the directors will tell you whether or not to shake hands. So I say that's completely based on the system. And we should probably put some context there because we have a we have a panel style interview, which is really rare that like one of the judges will stick out their hand and say, hey, come shake <laughs> it. And then you have to go all the way down because you don't want anybody to feel left out. So um, and then you have the... Um, the round robin, which is more one-on-one, -on -one, which is what the international system is. Right, right. Right. So, and that can be, you know, one judge might stick out their hand and then you shake it, but then you want to jump right into the interview. Okay. Yeah, so, absolutely. That kind of interview is so critical. You can't waste it. Yeah. Now, Jesse, do you have anything to say on the whole shaking of hands, kind of a rule of thumb? So I... I actually have a different viewpoint on the shaking of hands because I was an older contestant when I competed. So for those younger contestants that don't have that professional confidence yet, I totally agree with Amanda. Don't even put them in a position where that awkward moment could take over. But if you are a more established contestant and your brand focuses around your professionalism, your um, ability to communicate as a title holder, I say go ahead and assert that confidence. Um, I think as you as you age and you get into the older divisions of pageantry, it's so important to make that impression to show them, hey, we could trust this girl in any situation. Um, so it depends on the age and it depends on the system and it depends on the length of the interview. For Miss International, you have five minutes. Um, so you have a little bit more uh, cushion there to make that introduction, but for, uh, the shorter round robins, um, to Amanda's point, you definitely don't want to waste, uh, 15 seconds where you could be answering a question. Right. So, but do you agree with Amanda in the fact, like in the panel style interview, you shouldn't go down the line and shake everybody's hand? Oh or... my gosh. I totally agree. Can you imagine how awkward that would be? I definitely think like it's a, a total no, no. And I think most pageant directors for pageant for panel style interviews will probably indicate to you prior not to shake hands. So head right to the podium or right to your mark and go ahead and rock those questions. Well, you do bring up a good um, perspective though, Jesse. And I feel like as a blanket statement, yeah, don't shake hands. But um, for the older contestants, especially if the, um, like the Mrs. Division, if the pageant has more of a corporate feel like professional woman, something like that, contextually it could make sense but that's you know why we have things like the vip coaching right so that you can get very specific on your personal strategy and the strategy of that system 
Oh, absolutely. And it depends on your style of handshake too. We all have shaken the hand of a wet noodle, right? (laughs) And it is so uncomfortable. And it just leaves you with a poor first impression of that person. Are they lacking confidence? Are they lacking professionalism? So if you have a strong handshake and you want to have that impression, I say go for it. Yeah. And don't dap people up like where you're doing. (laughs) And then do the finger snap after that. That definitely not acceptable. (laughs) No fist pumps. No fist pumps. Amanda, no fist pumps. I mean, that's how I want. (laughs) Okay. Well, so to digress a moment, because it wouldn't be our podcast if you don't. Um, Amanda, have you ever shaken someone's hand at an appearance or in a pageant, whatever, and it was just like highly awkward? (laughs) Yes. Um, And that happens quite a bit, but I think it's your job as a title holder to try to make people feel comfortable and to make everyone feel like they are the most special person in the room, no matter how awkward the circumstances um, whether it's a little kid trying to shake your hand and they're really confused or it's a judge and the judge is a little self-conscious because I think we probably need to note that even judges get self-conscious sometimes. So as the contestant, you want to make them feel more comfortable and sometimes making that handshake a little less awkward through your posture, through your communication is necessary. Completely. I can remember, um, like someone shaking my hands and then they don't get, cause you want to do web to web. Like, you know, if you're looking at your finger, like for those of you listening, you want to lock your web with their web. Um, so between your, your thumb and your pointer finger. Well, somebody, they grabbed my hand <laughs> and I had my ring on, but they just like scrunched all my fingers together. And I was like, ouch. <laughs> and it was a girl too. And it's a very aggressive handshake. And I'm like, I can't say ouch to a girl but I did because whatever right so I was like ouch (laughs) just kind of snuck out but yeah so web to web if you're going to do it and we've all had those awkward handshake moments or when you're going in for a traditional handshake like on an appearance or something and I'm sure this doesn't happen to girls but guys do that whole like they're sliding your hand around and then they do the finger thing and then they pop the they snap afterwards, and I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> I just went in for standard web-to-web, and then next thing I know, I'm doing the salsa dance on the hand, and it was very One cool. of my favorite videos of all time was actually on ESPN, and it was Justin Bieber trying to high-five, I think, LeBron James, and LeBron James went in for a fist bump. And Justin Bieber went in for a high five and Justin Bieber ended up like just clasping his fist. It was so (laughs) awkward and hilarious. Oh yeah, totally can relate. I mean, men do it too. So if that ever happens to you in pageant interview, just roll with it, laugh. I mean, if you address the awkwardness, it almost makes it less awkward. Would you agree, Amanda? Oh, absolutely. Especially, you know, in those circumstances, I think it makes everyone feel more comfortable. And it also shows that you as a person are relatable and you're real and not every day is picture perfect. And I think that's also important as a title holder. Yeah. I mean, I had that experience at the grocery store this morning. I was I was aggressively walking down the aisle and a woman was shopping for coffee and she turned around. She's like, oh, whoa. I was like, don't worry. I was like, don't worry. I have that effect on women. And she started laughing. She was like, I thought, why is this guy coming at me? <laughs> and we had a good chuckle and I went about my way. Um, all right. So back on the topic of pageant interview, Amanda pointed it to you. Or actually, let's go to Jesse this time. Jesse, 
how do you make the most of a shorter round robin that's like one to two minutes? You said international is five minutes, but what about those one to two minute ordeals? Sure. So I, I've never competed in a pageant with a shorter interview, but what I suggest um, for our VIP members or any other clients is have a game plan. And I am looking forward to hearing Amanda's take on this in a moment as well, but make sure you've identified the core one to three items you need those judges to know about you because those are the things that put you in a position for success and as a strong title holder. So go in with a plan. It's so important to be in control and in the driver's seat, whether your interview is one minute or five minutes, go in high energy and have that game plan prepared. Yeah. And Amanda, you've been competing for years and you compete in several years in NAM and they're theirs is like one minute. So like, what's your take on the same question? Yeah, to kind of go off of what Jesse says, it's so important to make sure you communicate effectively. But also in those moments, they're not going to learn your entire bio. What's also important is that they see that you're charismatic, that you're outgoing, that you're engaging and can hold a conversation. So even if you say something that's not 100% what you wanted to say, if you can carry it off with confidence and show that you're warm, that's going to leave a long lasting impression on someone. You know, I've heard judges say that within the first 15 seconds, they know if they like someone or not. And that's from their smile, the way they carry themselves, their poise and carriage, and the way that they're engaging in the conversation. So I think like Jesse says, it's really both of those working in tandem, your verbal and nonverbal communication skills. Now, Amanda, do you did, did you do something prior to walking in the interview room that like really ensured that you had a positive attitude going out, like going in? I mean, I know that, I mean, you're a very positive person anyways, but we all have those days, right? Where you don't feel <laughs> it. So is there anything that you did to kind of set yourself up for success either the night before or the day of to keep yourself in that positive mentality? Yeah, you know, I think preparing for interviews starts really the night before you even go in. And I'm the kind of person that I like to have tunnel vision and focus on what I'm about to do. And so I kind of put my headphones in. I'll turn my text messaging off so that I'm not distracted. And then that morning, all I'm doing is listening to positive music. And my entire platform is around positive body image and character with true beauty movement. So I listen to songs that are speaking that same message. And that way, when I go into interview, I'm fired up and I'm ready. And something that I'm, my faith is very important to me. So I focus on prayer and meditation before going in as well. So on the topic of music, do you just did you just go through iTunes and just buy the certain songs that you really connected with, make a playlist so that you ensured that you only listen to those? Yeah, absolutely. And then I also like to listen to the Christian or a contemporary Christian station on Pandora. Um, and I just, you have to surround yourself with that positivity and what you're about to do. You know, if we're just being honest, and I'm sure Jesse can relate to this, even the most seasoned pageant competitor gets a little bit nervous. And if you're not a little bit nervous, then you might be on the side of the arrogance. And you have to stay confident and humble at the same time. And by surrounding yourself with that kind of vibe, you know, good vibes only, you're going to be one step closer to walking into that interview room 100% ready for the job. Yeah. Jesse, what about your take? Like, did you have any pre-interview rituals that you did to keep yourself in that positive mentality? Yeah, I'm totally with Amanda as far as music goes, because music plays such a huge role in your 
overall vibe and your personal messaging. And I didn't have a playlist. I had one song that I called my anthem through my preparation. And it was just nonstop over and over and over and over again, because it had the message that I wanted to convey. And I'll tell you what it was and don't laugh. It was actually a Glee mashup, the show Glee that used to be on yeah. of, um, I believe I can fly and Nicki Minaj. I came to, or fly. I came to win. I came to conquer whatever that song is. So it's a little bit corny, but I encourage all of our VIP members to find their own anthem. And I just played it over and over and over again. And the message was so clear and so directly related to what I wanted to accomplish that it puts you in a great place of calm. Yeah. And that's the great thing about just learning yourself. And it's, it's such a blessing to get older. Like I, I love the fact that I'm getting older because you get to spend more time with yourself and you realize, Oh, in certain situations, this is how I am. It's not wrong. It's just how I am. And so you have like a lot more grace with yourself and, and with others. Um, and so for me, like before I'm going into any big interview, business meeting, like negotiation, I, I wake up way early. And I have a total just chill, relax, and I stay away from anything like both of you that could like somewhat suggest a negative thought or somewhat suggest that I'm less than. So, you know, no social media, nothing like that. And I just stay focused and I take that time to really pamper myself and, and just like love on who Steven is, like with your um, platform, your true beauty movement, Amanda. So, yeah, we're all in the same sheet of music there. So I like it. Um, on to like, what are, uh, I'm going to go back to you on this one, Amanda. Like, so what are some one-on-one interview deal breakers? So, so just some things that come off the top of your mind that girls sh- should never do in a one-on-one interview. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but if you think you die, and I tell my contestants this all the time, um, when I coach younger pageant girls, but you can't go in trying to think and overcompensate and worry about the judges impressions of you or their thoughts of you or judgments of you. If you can go in and be confident in who you are, like Jesse said, know what you, what your kind of game plan is, know what you want to say, then you've got to trust your instinct and trust your preparation process. Now, if you didn't do preparation, that's a personal challenge that you should try to probably work on. But trust the process and don't start thinking in the interview room because what happens with the subconscious is when we start thinking, we start filling our conversations with words like, um, and like, and so my first one is if you think you die. So no thinking in the interview room, trust your process, trust your coach, trust all that you've done to bring you to this moment. And my second thing, and this is something that I see contestants run into a lot is they start resume reading. And they just list off all these things that they've done. And it comes across almost as arrogant instead of look at all these amazing things that have happened because of the work. Brag on the work, not you doing the work, if that makes sense. Yeah. um, First off, Jesse, that was like almost exactly what we were talking about in the podcast. I don't know, a few weeks ago. And I don't know if you said you think you die, but you definitely said don't think an interview. Yes, I did. So um, that's actually a quote um, by the incredible Don Baker, who Mm -hmm. um, 
may he rest in peace, one of the greatest pageant coaches of all time and greatest communicators of all time. Amanda, I know you worked with him. I've never had the pleasure of working with Don, but that lesson has stayed with me because I had multiple pageants where I would go into onstage question. I think there were four in a row and I would walk off stage hysterical crying because it got into my own head and I overthought and they were easy questions that I should have been able to handle. And when I finally heard that Don Baker lesson, I was like, oh my gosh, this all makes sense. Because if you know yourself, if you know your preparation, if you know your plan, you don't have to think to Amanda's point. You you are who you are. And if you recognize it and you can be honest with that judge, that's the best thing you can do. So I, I believe I did say if you think you die, but that's totally to Don's credit. Yeah, the, he's absolutely the best. Yeah. And then Amanda, so going back to you, the other thing that you said, which I found interesting, is you said brag on the work. Um, Tell me a little bit more about that and give me a, a real life example of how someone can brag on the work rather than bragging on their personal accomplishments. Yeah. So I, as I mentioned, I coach younger pageant girls, um, many of which absolutely adore the pageant planet, but contestants will sometimes think they need to convince judges that they are the best candidate instead of showcasing to the judges that they are the best candidate. So a contestant will say, I've won eight presidential service medals. I've done this many hours of community service, this many appearances, this many whatever. And they can just resume read all day long, where instead you might want to frame it to through this title, I've been able to work with X amount of children who now have a home or X amount of young women who are trying to see themselves the way that God sees them or starting to see themselves in a positive light. So that way it's showcasing the work and you're saying through this title, through this opportunity, not I've done this and I've done this. It's look what this job enabled me to do. And I think we kind of have to reframe it. And I said confident humility earlier. Um, But if you're so proud of your presidential service awards that you are missing the whole point of service, then that might be a conflict. I could see that as being a conflict for sure. Um, So let's say that you are doing the round robin. So you're going again from table to table to table. The first judge you had a one-on-one interview with and you just kind of tank it, right? I mean, you didn't present how you wanted to. And maybe there was a personality conflict or just, it was just awkward. How do you recover from that going into the second judge? So Jesse, we'll start with you. Yeah, I can totally relate to that because it's not that I had bad interviews when I had my round robin. I remember not being focused in my first two, having amazing conversation, but not having my strategy in mind. So as I stood with my back toward that third judge, I had to take a take a deep breath and say, remember why you're here and get in the game. And you just have to re reevaluate yourself because the best part about round robin, and I thought I would hate round robin coming from a panel driven system, is that every judge is a fresh opportunity. So that third judge, fourth judge, fifth judge have no idea what you said in your first or second. So if you feel like, and most pageants will drop the lowest score, FYI. So if you feel like you just had a terrible round, forget it. The worst thing you can do is stay in your head and let it get to you. It's a new opportunity. Take that deep breath. Remember those one to three core items that you want to get across. And and when you sit down to that next interview, it's a fresh slate. Well, and the thing about round robin is judges are a lot less likely to talk about the contestants because they've had individual experiences with each one. 
versus panel, everybody has that same experience simultaneously. So when they cut at break, it's very easy for judges to kind of slide into that side banter, especially if there was a really great interview right before break or just a really awkward one or something like that. Um, so, you know, if you bomb the first two, the the judges typically won't talk to the other judges like, oh my gosh, did you talk to Jesse? <laughs> Total bomb. Um, Amanda, what's the same? Like, wh- how do you suggest recovering from a round that wasn't your particular best? Yeah, definitely to echo what Jesse said, you just kind of have to move on. And as she said, get out of your head. Um, you know, like the wise theologian once said, uh, Taylor Swift, shake it <laughs> off. <laughs> nice. You just- you just have to move on um, because, you know, even in Jesse may have had a similar experience, but in the international system, our interview, you have judges from a lot of different backgrounds. And there was one judge that I truly did not connect with. I mean, not at all. My message of true beauty was a little bit in conflict with her profession. So it wasn't, it just, it wasn't that great fit that you were discussing, Stephen. And so Moving to the next judge, I was like, girlfriend, you got to pull it together, Amanda, because you've got four other judges that have already seen your paperwork, already have questions to ask you, and this is their very first time meeting you. And even thinking further as, okay, well, I'm preparing for the job, not just the crown. As Miss International, not every day is great. Not every conversation is great. And even in your personal life, there might be things going on, but you've got to shake that off because when you meet someone that is their very first time meeting Miss International and they deserve that same experience that someone would get on the best day ever and so it really kind of puts you in that mindset of okay I'm getting ready for the job of Miss International not just my crowning moment so great so many valuable um, snippets there Um, now what's the best way to just prepare for interview Uh, Amanda I would say know who you are and know why you want the job because know who you are. Every contestant is different. Um, if we look back at historically at the Miss Internationals, you know, Jesse is different from Samantha Riddle. Samantha Riddle is different than Elise Banks and I'm different than Elise as well. So we're all different, but if you're confident in who you are, confident in your brand, confident in what you have to offer, and you know why this job is a good fit for you, then walking into interview, as I mentioned earlier, you're not trying to convince anyone of anything. You just are Miss International instead of trying to become Miss International. That's great. Yeah, and I find that a lot of girls after after they don't win, maybe it comes from their parents. Well, a lot of times it comes from their parents and even the girls themselves. They're like, oh, well, this system looks for this type of girl. And that's not true. I mean, the system just looks for whoever the judges are looking for during that year. Um, but for some reason, us as humans, we have to try to um, justify ourselves. And it's the whole thing of like fear of looking bad or wanting to look good. It's like these two things drive us. So we have to make excuses for why we didn't necessarily achieve. And um, yeah, just be okay with the fact that like if you didn't win, then it's okay. Like you didn't win. You Next year, you'll get it. Um, Jesse, what's, what's the same? Like what's the best way to prepare for interview? 
I know that I did a thousand and one mock interviews and possibly more. And I always tell contestants, their contestants are so worried about, oh my gosh, what if I get a question that I don't know? I've never heard before. I've never had a chance to practice. Interview is so not about the questions that you get. It's what you can make of the questions that you get. So it wasn't for me making sure that I had as much exposure to as many questions as possible. It was being able to get through a mock interview and knowing that I could handle it. And it wasn't, again, it wasn't about the questions. It was the confidence within me that they could throw any question my way and I would be able to react. And it, be, it was because if we go all the way back, it was because I didn't have to think. I was able to rely on my personal opinions, my personal goals, who I was. And that was what was carried me through to make sure that I did have an answer for every question. So mock interviews with different people because you have five independent judges, five independent personalities five independent tastes. So if you have mock interviews with people of different backgrounds, different professions, um, people that know you, people that don't, that way you ensure that you're getting objective feedback all across the board. So find people that you trust, find people in the pageant industry outside of the pageant industry, because most panels will have at least one novice judge that's never judged a pageant. And you have to be able to cater to those those individuals as well. So I would say diverse mock interviews will definitely help you prepare for one-on-one interview. Yeah, diverse, definitely. And also, I mean, even if like in times, if you're interviewing with the same person, if it's a different day, you're a different space, like energetically, maybe something crazy happened earlier today, and you just got to pull it together. So even pulling from that experience and those different ways that you're showing up and being able to snap out of it and just focus on the interview, all that's like really valuable training. Um, so couldn't agree with both of you more. Um, just as Amanda, how do you prepare for a pageant um, mentally? Like, let's say you're a month or so out. Do you read personal development books? Are you listening to podcasts like this one? Um, are you trying to connect with like queens? How do you mentally get there? So a month before, my process at that point is what I know is what I know. Um, At this point, you're not going to turn around a terrible interview into a good one. An interview has always been my strength. Um, So for me, a month out, I start just reviewing my paperwork. I do a little more research on the program. And for me, my faith, as I mentioned, is really important. So staying deep in the word and remembering that my worth doesn't come from a crown. My worth has already been defined. That takes off some of the pressure. And when you realize why you're competing and and not to make it sound you know bad, but at the end of the day, it's a crown. You could go buy a crown off the internet if you really wanted to. And you've got to focus on the job and focus on the opportunities that would come from it. You know, if someone had told me six, seven years ago when I created True Beauty Movement, right around the time I first met you, Stephen, I, that I would be going to Africa um, with my organization, I absolutely would not have believed them. And it was through that mental preparation that I was able to see a bigger vision for why I was competing in pageantry. It's not because of the crown. After this year, my crown's going to sit on a shelf. But when I focus on the difference I'm trying to make in the world and the way I'm trying to further my life and using that as the mental preparation instead of, oh my gosh, I'm competing in a pageant. I need to pull it together. Then I actually find myself at a state of peace because I know that the crown only makes things easier to change the world. It doesn't define your ability to change the world. 
Love that. Jesse, would you like to add anything to that? I will add very, very briefly because Amanda said it so eloquently already. It's your month before your pageant is the time where you're crossing your T's and dotting your I's. It's not the time to do any major overhaul with your platform or your plan. It's making sure that that's the one like the hard work should be done at that point. You should have done your appearances. You should have done your strategizing for your entire year of service. So that last month is about self-exploration, making sure that you have all of your nerves calmed because you know you can handle it. And that's the greatest asset you can have as a potential state, local, national title holder, any level really is just identifying what you'll do with that opportunity. And my favorite question of all time is, why does the crown need you? And it's not, why do you need the crown? Let's be clear. It's why does the crown need you? And you may not get that question directly in your interview, but to Amanda's point, if, again, if we go back to the question about um, your paperwork and what you need to do when you're in front of those judges making the most of it is focusing on what those activities you've done and how those skills will set you up for success as a title holder. So the hard work should be done with the month left, to be honest. And once you get to that pageant, you get to just relax and enjoy the ride. That's awesome. Um, since I have two Miss International Queens here... Um, Amanda, you tell me like what you love most about the international system, and then I'll bounce it over to you, Jesse. This program is so much about true beauty. And I know that sounds kind of silly because it is my platform and it sounds kind of kitschy, but truly, this program is about your platform, the impact you're making in the community. Are you relatable? Are you genuine? Are you someone that can go into any room and make everyone feel special? And when we celebrate what young women are doing, we're showcasing their accomplishments and we're setting them up for a future success. Yes, you know, it's nice to have a pretty face, but if we're being honest, you didn't do that for yourself. That's your DNA. And that's a really good hair and makeup artist. Um, but this pageant is about the impact you're making. And that to me is inspiring because you can look around the entire theater and say, any one of these young women could be Miss International. And it is a privilege to be a representative amongst a group of, group of winners. That's awesome. Jesse. There's one rehearsal that sticks out in my mind. And as I speak with other women who have competed in the system, they seem to agree. And it's the, rehearsal where every woman talks about her platform and you just, I mean, the amount of collective tears in the room at that point, it could probably um, fill an ocean because you just are so connected with each other at that point And you realize we're all there for something bigger. Um, and I know Miss Mary um, is probably sick of hearing me tell this story. People, Mary Richardson, the director of the system, she and I were having a very candid conversation. Makeup was fully off. We weren't trying to impress anybody. We were just connecting. And she said, when I look at the impact we're collectively making with all of these women and their platforms, I know it's all worth it because it's stressful to be in the pageant industry. We all know it. We've all been involved for a million and one years collectively. So it's, it's something that's so special to hear from the top down that that is the messaging. Because when I when I aged out of other systems and I was still trying to find something that I could latch onto service wise, I had just really 
skimmed the surface of my platform. And here's this opportunity where I have a a 25 minute interview, technically, since you have five judges with five minutes. So it was focused on my goals, my speaking abilities, my ability to be an ambassador for my platform. But yet 60% is also how you can present yourself on stage. It's the woman that can do it all. And I totally respect that. And every woman that competes in the system is able to tap into each of those different sides of themselves, whether it's their femininity, whether it's their carriage, whether it's their service. Um, I just so appreciate that I can be in a group of women that celebrates each of those different aspects of of what it is to be a woman. Now, Amanda, I know that people who are listening, they can go to Pageant Planet and then hover over pageants and then find um, Miss International that way. And then they can contact Mary through there. But social media, like where can they connect and learn more about you? And where can they connect to learn more about the Miss International system? Yeah, so my personal Instagram is Miss I N T L two zero one six, and then the internationals one where you'll see all of the breaking news for internationals. Um, that's where we talk about the new preteen competition that's coming in two thousand eighteen. All the exciting stuff you're going to see it first on the international pageants Instagram, and that is I N T L pageants. So all that, but you definitely want to follow those um, two. First of all, so you can come hang out with me on Instagram. And then second, because the International's Instagram is constantly blowing up with the information. Ladies, thank you so much for your perspective on the International System and just interview as a whole. And listeners, until next time. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.